Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. Joining us is our cousin from another Mr. Let me welcome, of course, the adapter of the brown eyes, blue, excuse me, blue eyes, brown eyes exercise. That's right. The one and only Jane Elliott is here. Hi. You're muted. <laughs> we had it right, and then <laughs> blasted. Keep the keep the applause going, Smith. Keep it going till we hear her voice. Hello, hello. There we go. All right, all right. Thank you for joining us, Tanya Jane Elliott. Hi, hi you there. Know, hi. You know, I'm really sad that you're you're still relevant. I just I'm sad. <laughs> I'm, sad. I'm very sad. So am I. I really am sad that I'm relevant. Look, I'm not what's relevant. The idea is relevant and it's going to be relevant for as long as we believe that there's more than one race of human beings on the face of the earth. That's how long I'll be relevant. I once, you know, when, when you uh, did your, your thing, was it, was it 50 <laughs> years ago? Was this when you first? Yeah, it was like yep. 50 years 1968. Ago. Right. Ex- when you did your exercise 50 years ago, it uh, was stunning. And then you did it again and you had the same results, you know, and that you had to do it again. And now we sit here um, and I have moved towards this thing. You gave me melanemic. And I'm also now questioning everybody that calls up and talk or any guest that comes on as a white person, as a white man, as a white woman, I keep asking them, what does it mean to be white? And they stumble and they stammer and they cannot tell me, but I think we now have to just how we're, I think we should reimagine policing. I think we should eliminate this notion of whiteness. I think that would serve us all well. Okay. Are you willing also to eliminate the notion of blackness? Yes. Yes. That, that's exactly what we must do. We have to, we have to get over the idea that people come in white and black. People do not come in those colors. People come in shades of brown. And we've got to start realizing that white and black, those two words were used during the Spanish Inquisition to decide who deserved to die. If you were white, you didn't have to die. If you were black, you were going to be gone because they couldn't tell what your religion was by looking at you. So they set upon skin color and white and black to decide who deserved to die. Now, we've we've been doing that since the late 1400s. I challenge anyone who insists on being called white and black, if you're going to use the terminology and the language of those times, then you should lose the use the communication and transportation that they used at those times. And all you guys will come to work wearing wearing knee breeches and powdered wigs, and all you women will walk to work wearing corsets that make your waist no more than 18 inches around. Now, if you don't want to do that, if you don't want to live the way they did in the 14th and 15th century, stop using the language of the 14th and 15th century. It didn't make sense then, and it makes absolutely no sense now. And you need to know that the word race, to mean a specific group of people, came out of France in 1580. It was that recently that people were called race, had a race. This is ridiculous. This has to stop. What will it require? Because, you know, when I when I asked the question, you know, what does it mean to be white people? What's white culture? People stumble, but they don't they're they they don't want to give it up. <laughs> like, they don't. They hey, you can't give up something you've never had. White culture is a combination of all the cultures of all the different colored people on the face of the earth. 
we take from every other culture what will make us happy, make us dance better, make us sing better, make us feel better. We will steal from other cultures and claim that it's ours. We do it all the time. You, you know it and I know it. We'll take the best out of every other culture and call it white. It's time to give up the idea of whiteness. The rightness of whiteness has been alive from during the 15th century till now. When are we going to learn? Hmm. You're talking about the police. How, why do we have these problems with the police department? Because we do a bad job of educating members of the police department, just like we do a bad job of educating every other person that goes to the private, public, and parochial schools in the United States of America. We are still teaching that Columbus discovered America when, in fact, people from Africa discovered this continent and every other land masses on mass on the face of the earth between 200,000 and 10,000, yeah, between 20,000 and 10,000 years before Columbus was a gleam in his father's eye. It's time to stop teaching this lie and start teaching the truth. Okay. Can we clone you? Can we clone you? <laughs> we need to absolutely you send you all over. Absolutely, because you, I'm not, this isn't something I came up with in my head. This is something I learned from reading a whole lot of stuff. Everybody needs to get the book Sapiens by Hatari. It is just fantastic. And everybody has to have the book Nile Valley Contributions to Civilization. The man who wrote that book studied what came out of the Nile Valley. And he, did you realize that 4,000 years before the birth of Jesus Christ, people in the Nile Valley, which and the Nile is a river in Egypt, people in the Nile Valley were doing cataract surgery with metal instruments 4,000 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. That means 6,000 years ago. Think about that. We, you didn't learn that in school. And why didn't you learn it in school? Because, because if it wasn't because, right, it must not be right. If it wasn't well, quite, well, it well because right. this system is has to, in order for it to continue, it has to demonize and erase all contributions that came before the emergence of Europeans. It has to, but it doesn't. They but also it doesn't, say that no, no, pre-Greek and no, Rome no. is prehistory. They say that's prehistory. No. No, that isn't prehistory. That is real history. When you're gonna when you have Black History Month, you start with 1690. When the first blacks were brought here as slaves, no, the first blacks came here the, the ten thousand years before years before Columbus was born. We've got to start teaching history as it really was, instead of as we want it to have been. There were blacks here when Colum when Columbus got here. There were blacks here first. So it's time to put a stop to this whole nonsense. If, either that or stop calling it history. Stop calling it history. <laughs> what do we call it? Nonsense. Yeah, we better call it nonsense. That's exactly what we're teaching in the schools in this country today. We're teaching that Columbus discovered America. And that's a flat out lie. There, you can't. Thor Heyerdahl said you can't discover a place where people are already living. They discovered it before you got there. And they, there were people here. And we called them Indians because Columbus was lost. He was trying to get to India. He thought he had reached India. So we called them Indians. They weren't Indians. Every group and that every group of people on this continent at that time had a name for the people. And every one of them called themselves a name that meant the people, which is what they were and is what, which is what they are. But they didn't come up out of a hole out of the ground. They came from Africa, just like you and I did. You and I. All right, Jane Elliott has uh, arrived, y'all. Um, <laughs> Jane Elliott.com, yeah, you, you have arrived. You have arrived, Jane Elliott, my cousin. I'm um, so <laughs> grateful for you and all the work that you do and what you speak on so it's just a privilege to be here in your presence well let's get something straight here 
You have forgotten more since breakfast than I will ever learn about racism. The only reason people listen to me is because I'm white. I can do things, say things that no person of color dares to say. If you had, if I had been brown or black the day I did the blue eyed brown eyed exercise, I'd have lost my job for sure. And I might've lost my life in 1968. So make no mistake about it. When some people say to me, oh, Jane, you're our hero. I say, wait just a minute, turn and look at the nearest black woman and realize what she has been through in order to survive in the United States of America. And that's another thing we've got to stop calling this country America. <laughs> Americans. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't I'm know not, why you're laughing. I'm laughing because it's it's so much truth being said in such a short span of time, and I'm loving it. <laughs> Continue, please. Why do we call this America? Because we're ignorant. We're ignorant and we're arrogant. You have to realize that every citizen of every country, from the northernmost point of Canada to the southernmost point of South America, is an American. Those of us in, who live in this 48 contiguous states, Alaska, Hawaii, and the islands off the southeastern coast of the United States are members of the country called the United States of America. And the most important word in that title is united. Now, we had for four years a so-called president, well, he was a so-called president, who was trying to t turn us into the divided states of America. And he came pretty close to doing it, and we're still working at trying to get back to where we are the United States of America. If you're going to refer to this country, call it the United States of America or call it US, US spells us. And that's about all of us in the United States of America. We're the only country like this. People need to realize how hard it has been to keep this country united from the beginning. And right now we're in danger of losing our United status. We've got to put a stop to this nonsense and we have to stop it now. Eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. Um, Jane Elliott, uh, icon. I, you know, I think the the hero status, and I hear what you're saying, and I do appreciate everything. But you seem to be one of a handful of people. You know, there there are people that are doing it because it's uh, it's lucrative right now. You know, you have a lot of anti-racist white folk out there producing books and going and giving speeches but you've been you've been doing this like you said before it was popular when it was dangerous and it was still dangerous for you as a white woman uh because um the the woman that left her her couch in michigan to go down and help people uh vote um luozo i think is her name um got shot in the head so she she's not uh -huh. here anymore viola luozo so you, you, I'm sure you've gotten death threats. I'm sure people call you race traitor. I'm sure, I'm sure all of that. So, you know, you're, you're glossing over, you know, that it's easy for you because it's not, it's not easy for you to talk about the things that absolutely would dismantle the power structure in this country and the way in which you do so. Well, but you see, I have no choice. I'm an educator. I'm not a teacher. Don't ever call me a teacher. I'm an educator. And the word educator comes from the root duck deuce, which means lead. The prefix E, which means out, the suffix A-T-E, which means the act of, and the suffix O-R, which means one who does. An educator is one who is engaged in the act of leading people out of ignorance. And the number one problem in the United States of America is not racism. It is self-imposed ignorance. The truth is out there. Yeah, the truth is out there. If we would go after it, we could do away with racism if we could convince white people that it is in their own best interest now. 
it's going to it's going to be much harder and easier easier in the next ten years because because of the hole in the ozone layer, which keeps getting bigger and bigger, more and more sunlight is is allowed to enter our environment, and more and more people who are white they call themselves white are that light color don't have protection from their damaging rays of their sun because they don't have enough melanin in their skin. They're dying in increasing numbers from cancer, skin cancer. You need to realize that very shortly now, and within the next 10 years, you're going to see melanemic people running after to catch up with and to mate with people who are melanaceous and melanotic. And I'm waiting for that day and I'm going to laugh all the way to the grave. This is going to happen <laughs> because it's going to, it's going to be a matter of self-protection and it's going to be a matter of you want to stay alive. You want your children and your grandchildren, your great grandchildren to stay alive. You can't change the sunlight, but you can change your ignorance about skin color and you mm. can decide that you're going to have children of color in your as your descendants. It's absolutely essential. Do you realize that only 15 to 18% of the human beings on the face of the earth are classified as white? Did yes. you know that? I, I knew that most... we were the global majority. I knew that. Uh... And, and always have been. But in the United States, we are demographics say that we are rapidly, we white folks, so-called white folks, we melanemic people are losing our numerical majority. By the time you're my age, white people will be a numerical minority in the United States of America. And that's the reason for the Oath Keepers and the KKK and the Three Percenters and all those silly, pale, pale, stale males running around trying to guarantee that they are going to be the, on top of the heap. Well, they aren't. So they might, they might as well stop now because people are going to understand that this is what they're doing is trying to tell us something that isn't true, that they are superior and that they will be in the numerical majority forever. Why do you think Donald Trump closed all the Planned Parenthood clinics? Because he thinks that all the only thing that they offer in Planned Parenthood clinics is abortions. And he is aware because he read Ben Wattenberg's book, which he wrote in 1987. 1987, Ben Wattenberg, a brilliant Jewish male, wrote a book called The Birth Dearth. Now, don't run out and buy that book because you can't get it. It's out of print. But when he wrote it, the first time he wrote it, he said the only thing that, that oh, the most the major problem in the United States today is there aren't enough white babies being born. He said, if we don't do something about this and do it now, white people no, will no longer be a majority in this country and this will no longer be the white, uh, white man's land. Now, that was in the first paragraph of the first page of that book. I was shocked and disgusted and thought, well, what in the hell is this all about? So I finished the book. And the second thing he says is there are three things we can do to solve this problem. Number one, we could pay women to have babies as they have been doing in Western European nations for years. And this is, these are his remarks, not mine. Then he says, unfortunately, we'd have to pay women of all colors to have babies. So we don't do that, want to do that. He said, the second thing we knew, need to know is that 60% of the fetuses that are aborted in this country are white. If we could get rid, if we could keep that percentage alive, that would solve our birth dearth. There's another thing. Oh, oh, and he said, the second thing he said we could do is allow more legal immigrants into this country. And he says, unfortunately, the vast majority of those want to come, who want to come to this country are people of color, so we don't want to do that. And then we could stop abortion, and that would help us to regain our numerical majority. It was a horrible book and he got horrible, awful remarks about it because it's a racist text. So he, he rewrote the book and used tables and graphs and charts 
to say what he wanted to say without saying it in black and white. Now, Benjamin Disraeli said, <laughs> there are three kinds of lies, lies, damn lies, and statistics. statistics. Well, to prove it, yeah, yeah. So to prove his point, Ben Wattenberg used statistics so he wouldn't have to say in black and white what he said in black and white in the first book. You can't get a copy of that first book. If you could find one published in 1987, let me know and I'll pay whatever, whatever I have to, to to get it because I want it in my hands again. Nobody believes it unless they see it in, in black and white. It was the most astounding and astonishing and appalling thing I have ever read. And this is from a brilliant, brilliant man. Two things can be true. Jane Elliott is here. Tanya Pinkins is here. We're going to take some calls. The number here is 866-801-8255. You're listening to the Karen Hunter Show. I believe, Jane Elliott, that people are willing to die than to give up their white, uh, their whiteness. I think they're they're willing to take their progeny and their their future right along with it. And they're willing to blow up the whole entire world and take everybody with them to, to maintain this supposed power uh, dynamic. I, I, I don't have the hope that they would, you know, come to their senses and say, well, we got to stop this. Well, but but once again, that self-imposed ignorance, and you need to realize one of the major differences between melanemic and melanaceous melanotic people, when melanemic people come into a new environment, they immediately adjust the environment to fit their needs. When melanaceous and melanotic people come into a new environment, they immediately adjust their needs to fit the environment. Mm. Now, maybe, maybe when, when these evangelicals get this into their heads, maybe they'll change their behaviors. When they find out that Jesus was an Ethiopian Jew and looked a whole lot like those black men who are walking down the street around you, maybe that will change their minds. But you see, we pale faces don't want to kneel to someone who doesn't look like us. So we have recreated Jesus in a way that somebody there is somebody that we can worship. That's the kind of absolute insanity that has been happening in this country, in the world for the last about 4,000 years. It's time mm. to put a stop to it. Did you ever read that, um, the Iceman Inheritance book? Do you want to know anything about that book? A long time ago. Yeah. What'd you think of it? I can't even remember. I've read so many books. Between I was going to ask. Between... <laughs> I was going to ask you think it was it was a whole theory about being in cold environments, making you hostile, sort of genetically making you become hostile to both your environment and to other people because you're always competing for resources. So that was but, his but if, that, if that really worked, look at the number of brown skinned people who have made fantastic contributions to the history of humanity. That theory is way, way out there and it doesn't work. I have watched people of color take strides and make differences that in spite of all the ugly things that we teach about them in the schools in this country, they have been, they have succeeded in spite of it. So don't tell me that it is something genetic. No, I watched when I, the first, the second, third year I did the blue eyed, brown eyed exercise. It was filmed with 16 little white students. They, the principal gave me my class role that year and said, Miss Elliott, these are kids aren't going to learn to read. Pass them on, get them out of here. Nobody else has been able to teach them to read, and neither will you. And I thought, well, well, and this is a man I admired. So I went to the office and I looked at the cumulative files, and every one of these kids had high math scores and low reading and spelling scores. So I knew I was teaching. He had handed me a group of students who couldn't read because their teachers didn't know how to teach them to read. I know how to teach the child who has that kind of reading problem. There's no doubt in my mind, but what every one of those kids was moderately to severely dyslexic. They came into my room reading at the first grade level. They left my room nine months later reading at the fourth grade level 
and some of their independent reading level was sixth grade. Now, mm. the difference was they, didn't, they hadn't gotten any smarter. Their IQs hadn't risen, but they had somebody who knew how to teach, who knew how to teach to their difference. We don't do that in the schools today. We put them in groups, you know, the robins and the sparrows and the wrens, instead of saying, <laughs> wait. And it's, it happens all the time. It's enough to drive you nuts. And then we teach them as if they all learn the same. No, Thomas Edison was dyslexic. Henry Ford was dyslexic. Somebody said to him after he had made billions of dollars and lots of cars, why don't you learn to spell? He said, I can hire several secretaries to do my spelling for me. He didn't have to learn to spell, but those students in my room that year learned to spell. And those kids who weren't supposed to graduate from high school, they all graduated except one who was killed in an alcohol-related accident two weeks before graduation. Oh, one of them became a lawyer. He became a lawyer. So Sia didn't succeed with all of them. He was just a lawyer. But he was still... <laughs> He is still a lawyer to this day. And one of them, be, and one of them still works at Mayo Clinic. One of them became a, a junior and senior high school principal. They weren't supposed to amount to anything. They weren't supposed to graduate from high school. I learned about teachers' expectations. I expected those kids to do better because I knew how to teach them in a way that they would do better. And they lived up to my expectations instead of down to my expectations. They are successful today because they learned how smart they really are. I doubt that we allow black males particularly to find out how smart they are. Because if we did, we wouldn't have had just, well, we've had more than two. Well, well we've had what, somebody has written a book called The First about uh, Barack Obama, our first black president. He wasn't our first black president. Abraham Lincoln was our first black president. He was a woman. <laughs> she is doing that today, y'all. She did it. Well, he was, he was a Melungeon. He was part black, part white, and part Cherokee Indian. Come on, mm. people. Let's get over it. And let's get over it now. Mm. Mm. All right. Uh, Jane Elliott, a couple of things. How do you teach? What was your methodology for reaching uh, the, the children that you brought in that were dyslexic? I'm just I'm curious for those. There are a lot of educators listening. We're going to have another teacher oh. on later on. What was your method? Just... Oh, it's the Orton Gillingham phonics method and you have a card pack with there are only 85 sounds in the english language and you teach them all the spelling all the spelling of all those sounds and you use a card pack every day the first day of school you separate them by using the card pack you go through the knowns and and then you separate the ones they don't know and then the second day you teach to that unknown pack and by the end of the year they are all reading at or above the fourth if you're in teaching third grade at or above the fourth grade level not Absolutely no doubt. Why Everybody did we remove gets, font? You, you know what? As you're talking, I'm so, I, I was angry when I started the show. Now I'm like super angry because we removed the things that would help us not be as ignorant as we are. And now they want to remove actual history from the schools. And they want us to teach things like people were migrant workers, the, the enslaved people. And they, I mean, it's, it's yeah. bananas yeah. that we are at a agency song anymore. Hey. Hey, but you need to you need to read that words are the most powerful weapon devised by humankind. Yes. We use words to keep people in their place all the time. And what you have to do is send kids to the dictionary and see that white is the color of purity and goodness. Black is the color of savagery and evil. And then say to yourselves, we're not going to use those words on kids anymore in this classroom. When you come into this classroom, you are a child of color. Every one of you. And what we're going to do is advise your parents to trace your DNA back as far as it can go 
And if they trace their DNA back as far as they can, they're going to find out, and you're going to find out, that every student in your classroom has in their DNA, a percentage of their DNA came from Africa. Because we all came from the same place, and we're all members of the same race. Until we get over the idea of more than one race, based on skin color, which is only your body's adaptation to the natural environment over the centuries. Didn't, God didn't make you white. And God isn't an old white man with a long gray beard that looks like Charlton Heston playing Moses. God is a spirit and has neither color nor gender. Get over it, people. And Jesus was a black man and lived in a very dark-skinned country. And Mary didn't look like Mary in the movies with blonde hair and blue eyes and fair skin. She, too, was black. People, it's time to admit, because it's a matter of, it's a matter of self, if you're going to live, you have to admit the truth. And the truth is that you and I are 30th to 50th cousins. I'm a 30th to 50th cousin to every person on the face of the earth. Now, you may not want me for your cousin, but you have no choice. That's the way it is, because we all came from the same place. And if you don't believe that, you need to get... Robert, what's his name? Anyway, Sussman. The Myth of Race, Robert Sussman. Sussman. Get Robert Sussman's book, The Myth of Race, and read it. It will blow you out of the water when you realize that we have been lied to consistently. The education systems are lying to us consistently because you, own, you can't teach what you don't know. No. And now let's deal with <laughs> critical race theory, CRT. Everybody's upset over critical race theory. Forget it, people. For me, CRT stands for Curriculum Respecting Truth. Mm. Now, that's what we want, is Curriculum Respecting Truth. And we could have it. And then we have these boys who are into the replacement theory. Oh, I laugh when I sing walking around. They aren't good. Jews will not replace us. There are three things we need to teach people right now, starting today. Number one, without blacks, there would be no whites. We all started out from the same group of people. Without blacks, there would be no whites. Without Jews, there would be no Christians or Muslims because both of those religions base their religion, base their faith on the Jewish faith. Get over it, folks. And without women, there would be no men. Jane Elliott has stuck around. Tanya Pinkers is here. We have a bank of calls. Will you take some calls, please? Sure. Okay. All right. Let's go to Carrie's been holding on in Georgia. Welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. She's an educator as well. Hi. Hi. Yes. Thank you so much, Karen. I'm a big fan of yours. First time Thank caller. Long time. Yeah. Welcome. You give me hope to keep on keeping on, and it's not always easy to do that. Um, thank you, Jane, for so much, so much, but also for that great lesson about educators. That's exactly what we are. I appreciate that, and I'm always learning from you. The CRT, the curriculum respecting, what was the T? I love your mnemonic devices. Truth, truth, curriculum respecting truth. Truth, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Okay, so as a 20-year educator, I've taught in three states throughout these United States of America and then with the Peace Corps overseas and always wanted to stay with the elementary level. That's my forte, and also it's before all of the corruption by society or their homes, et cetera, and did your experiment every year with third graders. And if kids can see the blatant bullshit in it, I don't, why can we not get the greater community to do that? And you know what? I'm going to answer my own question because I do believe that we can. And it needs to be repetition. It needs to be people like you who are white, people like me who can say this. It's, it's, it's bullshit. Sorry, I'm, I probably should not 
curse on your show. Wait, 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 wait. It isn't bullshit because there's a good place for bullshit. You use it to make crops grow. Racism doesn't make anything but hatred grow. So let's call it something other than what farmers use every every year to increase the, the value of their crops. Don't use a word that, it, that makes it sound like it's worthwhile. Racism isn't worthwhile. It doesn't make anything grow except hatred. So you got to find another way, uh, not another word other than bullshit. Okay. All right. Uh, Carrie, thank you for your service, which is what I uh, feel education educators are uh, providing a service. And I appreciate you being a first time caller. Do not be a stranger. Uh, I just want to get as many callers in as possible with our limited time. Let's head over to Elsa in California. Welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. Hi. I believe that's me, Alpha. Yes. California. Yes. Hi. I want to ditto. Thank you so much, Karen. I'm a first-time caller. Thank you. There you I know. I was waiting, too, yes, Elsa. Yes. Come on. And I want to just tell you, there's nothing sorry about you, sister. I learn from you every time I hear you. I'm a baby boomer, just turned 73. Thank you, Tanya Pinkins. <laughs> I know you from Agape. Love you. Oh. And thank you, Miss Jane Elliott. Oh, my gosh. I'm a retired educator. So I want to ditto everything the caller before me said, reg- uh, ex- excluding the bullshit part. But I just <laughs> want to say that, and I do want to say that this, is, uh, this situation is so obvious and absurd. And I had a practitioner at Agape that taught me, Anita, Raker. The more absurd it is, the more you know spirit, divine mind is on the playing field. And so I've been so angry, depressed, sad in my space. And finally, I've been able to um, not have attachment, but still be mostly involved and mobilized, like like um, Al Sharpton says, in the ways that I can. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your call. Appreciate you. Uh, let's, uh, and, and don't be a stranger either, Elsa. Ellington in Virginia. Hi. Welcome. Hi. Thanks, Karen. Um, this, this is one of the reasons why I love your show and I love Urban View because you had these, these kinds of conversations. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to go back when, when, when you all were talking about getting rid of uh, race and, and the, the term white and black. The, the one thing I want to add to that is that at the same time that we try to eradicate the concept, we also have to eradicate its consequences. Because if we don't, if we leave our, our world organized along those terms, somebody's just going to recreate it because they're going to look around and they're going to see that a disproportionate number of, of, of men in prison look like me. Um, you know, that, that people live in spaces and move in spaces that correspond to skin color. So to, to me, the thing is, it, you know, it, it, to recognize that race is not just a concept, it's been an organizing principle. And, and part of the, the reality that we have to move towards is one where that organizing principle disappears along with the concept. But we have to move into a real, reality. Get the National Geographic magazine for April of 2018, 2018. And in it, you will see 
a group of pictures like this. Now, these are all different seen that. human yeah. beings. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that? And yes, underneath each one of them, underneath each one of them is the word Pantone, and there's a number. Now, every skin color has a number on the Pantone color wheel. Get the Pantone color wheel, put it up on the classroom wall. Have their, your children, when they come into the room, put their hands on that, their palms on that Pantone color wheel and run them around until they found a, find a color that matches the skin on the back of their hand. Then go to the thesaurus. And in the thesaurus, there are almost 100 synonyms for brown. Find the color that you th think matches that child's skin. Then go to the dictionary, look up that word and see if that truly does mat that match that child's skin and say to that child, in this classroom, that's going to be your color because none of them are going to have black skin because we don't. And none of them are going to have white skin, but they're going to have, they're going to have all different colors of shades of brown in their skin. A couple of young women called me two or three years ago and said, from now on, when we have to fill in a blank that says race, we're gonna put human. I said, good idea. What are you gonna put when it says skin color? One of them said, I'm gonna put mocha. The other one said, I'm gonna put chocolate. <laughs> and they were both right because that's the color of their skin. They're absolutely right. Mocha and chocolate are both better than black and neither of them was black. We need to change our vocabulary. And we start, the, start at the kindergarten level teaching the three R's of rights, respect, and responsibility. The three R's that we teach are reading, writing, and arithmetic. And only one of those words begins with R. Reading begins with R, writing begins with W, and arithmetic begins with A. So that ignorance thing that we've got going with teacher in that, teachers in that area <laughs> ought to be stopped. We ought to teach the three R's of rights, respect, and responsibility. Every child and every, every administrator, every teacher, every janitor, every secretary in that building has rights, and they are, their rights are to be respected, and you will be held responsible if you fail to respect the rights of others. When we start teaching the three R's of rights, respect, and responsibility, we're not going to have to build so many prisons. You better say because that. Because the reason that... Hey, the reason that man is talking about people like me are in prison is because we expect that to happen and we fix it so that it will happen. That's what I was going to say. And the public, hey, in the public parochial schools in this country, everybody knows who's going to be on the bottom of the, of the ladder. And we have that established when they walk into the building on the first day of school. We all know who's going to fail and who's going to succeed. Teachers are, they are told, Oh, Lord, I used to get on the teacher's lounge the first year I taught in Riceville. And after the first year, I thought, I'm never going to do that again. Because when those kids came, I heard about how bad those kids were going to be. Some of my third graders were coming in. When the third graders came in, they didn't match what they, how they were described by the teachers in the teacher's lounge. And mm. I told the principal of that time and every other year after that, you ought to close the, the teacher's lounge or put a sign over the thing that says, you know, warning unpleasant things that will happen to children in this building. <laughs> you know, we put warnings on, we put warnings on cigarette labels. We put warnings on alcohol labels. We need to put warnings on teachers lounges because terrible things about help are told about students. If some teacher can't, if this kid can't learn in his, this church's class, there's something wrong with the kid. No, the kid isn't being paid to learn. The teacher is being paid to teach. But the kid gets penalized for the fact that the teacher can't do his or her job. It's time to put the blame, put the blame where it is. All right. We're going to take more calls. I just have to uh, correct one thing. Uh, steer manure actually does not help crops at all. It has too much salt in it. It usually messes with the pH balance of the soil. 
as opposed to cow manure, which is also good. So BS, both literally and figuratively, is stunts the growth of people. So there you go. All right, just had to do that because Joe Madison did a whole thing on it, and I know people listening listen to him as well, so I wanted to just make sure that was a <laughs> part of the conversation. All right, let's go uh, take, uh, let's see, Terry in North Carolina. Thank you for holding. Welcome, Terry, quickly. Come on, Terry. Hey, All right. Hi, come on, come on. We got limited time. Uh, I'm, so- I'm, so- I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hey, I, I just want to say, Jane, I mean, I'm sorry, Miss Elliot, I remember learning about you growing up, and everything you said is very great and it's what needs to be said. And also, I just want to say that, Tanya, I love you to death. Karen, I love you to death. But also, the thing is, they don't want to know the truth out here about what has gone on in America, in society, and things like that. And I'm surprised they haven't silenced her all these years because she's been saying that for 50, Guess 60 what? years. Guess what? They can't silence her. And if all of us told the truth, <laughs> they couldn't silence all of us. And you love us to life. I don't want to be loved to death. I need to be loved to life. You're here. And love the, to life. Yes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's something you have to realize. There's if you haven't read the book, Gangsters versus Nazis, get it and read it because that what gangsters, what Jewish gangsters did from 1938 until 1945 was keep the people from Germany, the Nazis, from coming into the United States and doing exactly in the United States what they did in Germany and all over Europe. Read the book Gangsters versus Nazis. And then a group of brown and black people have to get together. And the minute we, the Proud Boys come to town, those people have to meet them and say, not in our town. Uh. This is not going to happen here. This is not going to happen here. Because if we don't do that, their, their numbers are going to grow because they don't see anybody who is opposed to what they're doing. The only thing necessary, yeah, the only thing necessary for the pe- for the perpetuation of evil is for good people to do nothing. Come on. When we all stop talking about and get together as a groups groups of people who want this nonsense stopped, and instead of letting them come into your town and cause chaos, what you need to do is say, "We're going warning you ahead of time. Don't come into this community. We will not tolerate it." And then read <laughs> read read the book. This 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 uh, nonviolent stuff will get you killed. Mm, yeah, have you read that. it? Yeah. Have you read not. it? Oh my lord! You've got to read this nonviolent stuff will get you killed because what that says is there are a whole bunch of melanaceous and melanotic people who have in their corner in the living room a shotgun in order to keep intruders from coming into their homes. Now, I don't believe that we should all go armed, but if that's the only way to stop these fools from invading your community, stop these fools from invading your community. As long as nobody stands up and says, no, this isn't going to happen here. That's how long that says to them that everybody agrees with what they're saying. I don't agree with what the Proud Boys are doing. I don't know what they're proud of, but I do know that when God sent three people to welcome the baby Jesus, he didn't send three Proud Boys. He sent three wise men. Mm. Now we need groups of wise men to put a stop to the proud boys. All right. We, uh, we I have slept a... in my grandmother's bed my whole life, and she had a sawed-off double-barrel shotgun next to the bed. Right. 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 That's exactly. Come on, Grandma. That's exactly. <laughs> All right. We have a less than a minute, Jane Elliott. I won't let you leave without telling us the two books that impacted you the most that you absolutely recommend you recommended a bunch i wrote them all down i got oh, my book go, no wait 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 
go to my go to my website janejaneelliot.com okay. and in, in that website there's a set of printed learning materials the first is a set of typical statements that white folks make that think they aren't racist read the first one and then read the clarification on the clarification sheet and you'll okay. have a response to somebody when they say well and and you get the same thing every time some of my best friends are black and you say to them name four and they can't <laughs> name one you, you know that and i know that get those the printed the first is a set of typical statements then is a set of clear of clarifications of statements then there's a set of commitments to combat racism then there is a bibliography every book that i will say that i will say it that i will name is on that bibliography but read nile valley contributions to civilization first it is absolutely yeah. mind-blowing it's thank you you're mind-blowing i love you i don't want to get oh. cut off by the man jane elliott icon appreciate you being here educator god bless hey this is karen hunter you can listen to the karen hunter show live every monday through friday at 3 p.m east on sirius xm urban view channel 126 or anytime on the sirius xm app